Kia ora, tālofa, hi, and welcome to episode nine of Tanurumanga's Team Talk, proudly sponsored by Victual, New Zealand's first health and wellbeing supplement that combines ancient Māori and Pacifica wisdom and ingredients. And my guest tonight, because it's night time here, but it's daytime uh, where my guest is, um, he debuted in 2006, becoming the second male player of Samoan heritage to play cricket for New Zealand. He's played over 100 tests, 200 uh, ODIs, one-day internationals, over 100 uh, T20 internationals, becoming the first cricketer to play 100 matches in all three formats of international cricket. He's also New Zealand's most capped player across all three formats, and he is the leading run scorer for New Zealand in tests and ODI cricket. Lieutenant Ross Taylor, welcome. Thank you for making time over there in India. Oh, thanks, Tana. There's a very flattering intro. Um, what, what do I say to that? Uh, that's a lot of warm-ups. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, there's a lot of games in there. I can say there's a lot of warm-ups and probably, you know, probably not, not a lot of warm-downs as you were young. You didn't have to hey, warm down as much. <laughs> yeah, I um, I don't know whether it's because I've played so many games, but our uh, our uh, trainer lets me not do the ice baths. He's uh, very respectful in, in, in that regard. Um, he lets me pick and choose, which is a lot of uh, choosing not to, <laughs> um, because that's, that's been my secret, um, not to get in those ice bars. But I did jump in there in Perth because it was too hot. Yeah. I needed to I needed to cool down. Um, so I do pick and choose, unfortunately. <laughs> um, you're joining us from India, and you've just arrived there, obviously, and um, uh, and you've just seen... Uh, you know, the T20 team make it to the final. So that's, you know, three finals in three years um, across three different formats. That's amazing. And, you know, New Zealand cricket's going through a purple patch. And, uh, like, I must say, you know, it's amazing. It's great to watch, you know. What do you th- what can you put your finger on that's, you know, really lifted New Zealand cricket at the moment? Oh, it's a, a good question, something that uh... – well, it was a better time zone for me to watch the game, um, so that was that was really good. But um, yeah, I, I thought of that myself. I thought, what what has made this team so good? Because what I look at it, um, it's a very good team. Um, but if you look on paper, uh, there are better teams than us. Um, but when it comes to tournament format, there's something that brings the best out in the team. Um, I think experience. There's been a lot of guys who have, um, you know gone through the highs and lows um, of the team. Uh, but I think sometimes in these tournament formats, it's just finding a way to win, um, playing for each other, playing for your country. Um, and I think that's a secret to the way the guys have been going. Um, that was a fantastic win uh, this morning. Um, and just the response from the New Zealand public, you can see, um, you know, even cricket fans are always going to watch, but it's also nice when non-traditional cricket fans or or fans that just support the team in tournaments um, come out of the woodwork and, and pipe up, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I must say, I am, you know, I used to be a, a cricket watcher when I was younger, and I wanted to, you know, talk about my little uh, stories on cricket. You know, I when I was young, uh, that's all I used to play with my mate, you know, he, his father, you know, we're talking around um, Lance Keane, Richard Hadley days, and his father um, carved us a uh, Excalibur, you know, out of out of a two no by shoulders. four, yeah, no shoulders <laughs> straight down. Yeah, we yeah, we used that, and that's what we played all the time. Um, and you know, we had splinters in our hands, obviously, because we didn't have gloves or um, 
but we loved it. We played in a little uh, um, lot there that, that didn't have a house on it, so we could play there all the time in those. And uh, we got into it. We played a lot, you know. And then we thought, oh, well, let's join cricket. And so we sort of, so we decided to join up when we were younger. Uh, yeah, so that cricket ball's a lot harder than a tennis ball, you know. That, <laughs> and so that was a bit of a shock to me. And I think, you know, that was the one shock that I'd never got got over that that hard cricket ball. <laughs> you know, I, I put my I put my foot in front of it to stop it, and it bounced up and smacked me in the ankle right on the boundary. And it was going going quick, and then oh, yeah hobbled off and I thought, no, nah, I'm out of here. I think I'm going to go to a safer game like rugby or something. Yeah, I think you made the right decision. Um, <laughs> I don't know about safer, rugby or you do you do learn, uh, you know, gone are the days of being a hand model anyway when you when you play cricket um, and things. But no, I mean, I can remember going to my um, cousin's place. Um, obviously, some, my mother's someone, my, my dad's Balangi. Mm. Um, so I used to always play cricket with my Balangi cousins, but it's quite interesting when I went to play in Wainui with my cousins, um, my Samoan cousins. You know, you know they'll come in and they want to be Brian Lara or Mark War. <laughs> it was quite, it was quite cool and um, and you know and different. But mm. uh, yeah, I had to I had to endure a four hour marathon when my cousin got five hundred and thirty one on the back out <laughs> in Pencara and Wainui. I still have nightmares. Um, oh, jeez, about it. But um, yeah, it's just funny what you what. Uh, I guess you you remember as a youngster and um, and what sort of makes you hard and, and resilient. I think from a young age. Yeah, I, I never really got down to that end of Wainui. Uh, and I was told a lot of stories about not going that far. <laughs> I'm from the village. I went, for, I went for I went for a drive there the other day to see what it was like, and it hasn't really changed no. um, much. So uh, that was uh, that was quite cool to see. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, I'll tell you what, though, it is growing everywhere else around Wainui. Uh, last time I was back, and it's, uh, you know, there's people that actually want to come over and live there now because you can tell because yeah, the house prices are going up. Because <laughs> <laughs> I saw it, I thought there was a. I, had, I was driving past, and I was like, "That's the primary school." It was a new housing development and yeah. things. I was like, "Wow!" Even Wainui's going ahead. Still doesn't have a KFC though, so and <laughs> no. um, that's gone. <laughs> um, I think yeah. Look. Talking to you uh, around that too, you know, growing up and playing cricket, you know, obviously you know, being you know, Samoan and you know, Pacific Island, everyone tends to go to the to the contact sports, you know, and, you know, what was your drive to become a cricket player? And also, I must say, I did read that, you know, you were a hockey player and uh, I did try that game too. So, you know, the <laughs> sports you play are dangerous sports, you know, one with a stick, Samoan with a stick, <laughs> with a hard ball, he's dangerous. Yeah, I, um, yeah, it was a, it was an interesting. I I always wanted to play cricket. That was my first love. Um, my dad played cricket. Uh, wanted to go and watch him, sort of emulate him. Uh, he was played sort of representative cricket for for Wairapa and um, and whatnot. And he and he also played rugby. Uh, but my mother um, brother died playing rugby in Samoa, um, mm. so. I was quite a little kid, so Mum said, "Nah, you're not, you're not playing cricket." So our principal at our school, um, he was a hockey, he was a hockey guy. So I just got into playing hockey. My sister played hockey, so I got onto it that way. And I think um, inadvertently, it sort of really helped me out as a um, for my cricket. Really um, became good at it. Uh, Warrior was pretty famous for for hockey and sort of um, you know punching above its weight in, in that regard. And yeah, 
it was for me it was good for my hand eye coordination, getting a bit of fitness um, in the winter. Um, you know, there was there probably was a little little point there where I might have had to have chosen which way to go, but um, there's always a, a career path in cricket uh, where the career path to hockey. Uh, well, I was always better at cricket, but you know, I, I was obviously happy with the decision that I made. Um, and so, you know, as you went through, was there any uh, thoughts about you know going to, to have a crack at rugby, or was cricket the, that was it for you as as you were growing up? Yeah, I think my dad probably would have liked, and um, and my fa- my family they um, you know always loved rugby, uh, but I was, as I said, I was a small kid, mm. uh, and I probably played it just to intermediate um, and things, but uh, yeah, I just, I don't think I was strong enough. Um, if only I was that kid, I'm about this size when I was about 14 or 15. If only I was that kid growing up a bit earlier, um, I probably could have gone with cricket, but, uh, with rugby, sorry, but uh, yeah, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I would have loved to have uh, given it a go, but um yeah, yeah. No, it, is, it is what it is, and, and happy with the decision. No, you <laughs> so you should be. So you should be, and um, also just around. I read, you know, with you, you, you did say you, you know, when you're at school, um, you know, your name's Luteru, and but they had to, you, you got them. They were starting to call you Ross because they couldn't pronounce it. Yeah, um, it's funny what you remember as a young kid, or but. What I remember is, so we go in there um, with my grandmother, my mum, meet the principal and not many island kids in, in Marston back then. Uh, and, yeah, Lutero, um, he couldn't, principal couldn't pronounce my name. So my grandmother said, oh, just call him Ross. And it's funny that, you know, in this day and age, I'd be called Lutero. Uh, mm. uh, you know, that it's very accepted and um, people have moved on. Um, and you know, there's a lot of lot harder names out there than Lou Teru, I would have thought. Um, but no, I mean, it's a it's an interesting story in itself. And, yeah, uh, yeah. When you when you do do well, and it's a Ross Taylor, you know, I would be lying if I didn't say think to myself what it would be like hearing your name yelled out at, at grounds as Lou Teru Taylor instead of uh, instead of Ross. Um. Well, hey, look, you know, we, we all know you're Samoan, so that that's uh, that's what counts are. Um, and I think, like, in terms of that, look, I've played with some multi-talented players. Uh, Pity Weepu comes to mind, you know, and you know, I, I just get amazed that we played cricket, and, and as I said, I was on the sideline because I didn't like the hard ball, but he'd smack it here, there, and everywhere. And you know, these naturally gifted PI, Maori PI players that. You know, I look, if I look at you and your pathway, you know, to what you've achieved and also success, and obviously, you know, financially as well. You know, what's is there anything being done, you know, for to try and get more Maori and PI players on, or and do you, do you, do you have chats with any of them, and you know, to try and promote cricket? Yeah, I think um, that's what I've tried to do for a few years to try and you know promote it. I think um, it's probably easier. That I do it myself because sometimes you're relying on other people to do it, uh, mm. which can be uh, tough to say the least. Um, but no, I think there's a, the Samoan, Pacific Island, Maori people. It's an untapped market. I, I, I feel they all very athletic, strong, and naturally gifted. Um, 
I think there's, there's a few boys playing first-class cricket at the moment. Um, Sean Solier <coughs> playing for Auckland. So there are guys out there, but I think um, if you see a super rugby side, the Warriors, the All Blacks, um, you know, the obviously how many are in this <coughs> are in their side and then you see the mm. um, the cricket side. It's, it is obviously um, just report, proportionately out of – out of whack, I suppose, in that regard. But I think it's about giving them opportunities to get in there. I think the Players Association, uh, Cricket Players Association, they're trying to get into the lower distance sides, uh, schools, and, and just try and promote cricket. Because at the end of the day, um, if you don't give the guys a taste of it, then they're not going to get get involved. Um, we're not saying that in the next five years that half the team are going to be of island descent. Mm. Uh, but if we can just get more people playing the game, uh, that there's more domestic level, um, and hopefully in years to come that there are more um, at, at the international level. But um, it's definitely an untapped market. And I think 2020 is probably a great avenue to actually um, bring the kids through uh, where, you know, the gear is expensive. Um, you know, a lot of that stuff is tough where I think if if we can promote the game of cricket to the kids from a younger age and to get into 2020 especially, um, you know, we don't have the, the time resources that we used to back in the day. There's so much going on. Um, you know, so playing two and three day games of cricket are unrealistic. So if you keep it down to three, you know, two, three hours, uh, I think we can promote the, the game as much as possible. And, and as I said, I, I hope, um, you know, that there's there's a lot more kids coming through, um, you know, not only here, but um, in the Pacific Islands too. I went to Samoa to, to do some some coaching, which was awesome. I mean, I, we had a catching competition and this girl, uh, would, she was, I think she would have been 13 or 14. And I was absolutely smashing these balls in the air and she was catching them like she was being the boys. Um, so the natural talent is there. Um, I was coaching again uh, for um, sort of advisor for um, Papua New Guinea and the natural flair and, mm. and raw talent that these guys have. Um, they just, unless they're exposed to it, um, you're never going to understand and, and get to know what they're, they're capable of doing. Uh, I went back to Samoa. End of two nineteen to um, to get my my Thai title from for my mother's side and my uncle my my mother's brother gave me the task of finding cricket gear. I said, "Oh yeah, what kind?" He goes, "I want cricket gear to take back to the islands." So I called our mate Murphy Swat, good man, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, he had bags of it. He just, "Yeah, yeah, take this, take this." And, uh, you know, my uncle's got this idea, so I had to, you know, obviously had some rugby kit and then um, some cricket gear. But, it, you know, like you say, it was, it was just unbelievable. Like, trying to promote the game in, in Samoa, you know, especially when you look at, was, where's the flat piece of grass, you know, <laughs> where, where you got to play? And it's, that's what I was asking my uncle. Where do they play? And he goes, don't worry, they'll find someplace. And lo and behold, we got there and they, again, you know, this gear was Hardly a bit, none of it was used, you know, some of it was brand new. And, uh, you know, no one put any pads on. They just <laughs> put the wickets into the yeah. ground a little bit and it just went, started uh, whacking away. But I think, um, you know, look, it is a pathway for our, for our boys, you know, and, uh, oh, and you know, boys and girls, you know, to um, achieve, you know, what you've achieved. And I think there's, you know, something where we, Obviously, uh, you, the the normal one or the common one is obviously the the league and the rugby. Um, but I think cricket, you know, for what it can give you, and, and obviously, you know, what we'll go into is uh, 
you know, you probably have a bit more longevity than uh, some of these rugby, <laughs> these footy players. Um, I'll, tell a, I'll tell a story about um, I went over in 2017 with, with Murphy. Uh, that's when we went over. And I took over probably five or six bags of um, cricket gear and old like training tops and things. And Martin Guptill gave me a bag. Um, and we handed it out the first day, gave it to the coordinators to give out. And we went, uh, I went to go and see mum and mum's village and we went for a drive-through. And the next day, it was just funny seeing these kids on the main street of Apia wearing like Central Districts and Auckland Aces and Black Caps kit. It didn't take long for it. <laughs> yeah, to get it all spread out. <laughs> it didn't take long for it to spread out, but it was, it was, it was, cool. It was cool to see. Yeah, yeah, no, and they love that, you know, they love that, uh, you know, getting kit and things like that, don't they? Um, you know, so your longevity in the game, what do you think, what, what can you put that down to? Um, yeah, um, I guess first of all, uh, the love and passion for playing cricket. Um, been fortunate enough throughout my career to have some pretty uh, amazing mentors and um and family and friends and um, and, and past players to to bounce ideas off. And as I've come towards the end of my career, um, the common theme is um, is you're a long time retired. I think. Uh, and as you said, I mean, cricket's a lot easier um, on your body. I think I was very I made a smart decision early in my career to give up bowling. Um, <laughs> um, I wasn't any good anyway. But um, you know, the wear and tear on your body. Um, you know what the what the bowlers go through is, well, especially the fast bowlers, is, mm. uh, the stress and things that, especially their backs and their knees and things like that. So, as a batter, um, you know, there's not as much pressure in terms of that. So your longevity is a bit longer. But um, yeah, I mean, everyone said you're long time retired, and, and you know when the time is right. Um, but I love playing this game that I started when I was five, and I still enjoy it. As long as, long as you're still. Um, want to learn and get better, still um, want to give on and off the field um, and you're good enough, um, you know, as long as you're, you know, ticking all those boxes uh, and contributing to the team to head in the right direction, then, you know, age, age is just a number. Obviously, that's got to come at different different stages. But as a batter, that is a lot uh, longer than a, um, than, a, than a bowler or especially a fast bowler at that. Now, as you say, you're a batter and, again, Sorry, but I don't know how you do it, mate. Some of those balls coming down there. For me, what what are you thinking when those the fastest bowlers are coming at you? Can I just uh, just for um, me? <laughs> I think um, obviously muscle memory and and all that. I think as a kid growing up, um, you know, when a kid used to bowl, oh, you're going to go and play a guy who bowls one twenty. You know, you're twelve years old. You're pretty scared of that. Um, you, you just get used to it. I think it's it, there's no more complications than that. You to say that someone bowling 140 or 145, there has to be an element of you being scared of some sort. But you learn to deal with that, and the the nerves and being a little bit on edge is is, is actually good for your batting. Um, you know, I've faced some of the fastest bowlers, intimidating bowlers, um, but at the same time, you actually have a bit more time than you think. It's not as if you can't see. Um, but yeah, I suppose that's another thing. If your eyes start going, then <laughs> I think it might be time to move on as well. But um, yeah, I think don't get me wrong. Anything over about one forty, one forty five is 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 very quick. Um, and yeah, 
some are a bit easier to face than others, but um, yeah, there's always an element of, of fear, and I think the players that say that there isn't, um, I think they're lying. <laughs> when you've been in the game as long as you have, you know, there, there has to be some <coughs> obviously skills that you pick up, yeah, some resilience, you know, obviously is one of them because you have to have it. And, and uh, you know, you have the lows and, and then you have the highs and having to manage those. So, you know, can you just talk us through how you achieve that resilience and, you know, what are some of the strategies you use? Yeah, I mean, um, I chose a sport that you fail more than you succeed as a batter. Um, you know, if you if you only fail 62% of the time, you're, you're probably going to have a pretty successful career. Um you know, you, you learn to deal with failure. Um, you learn to deal with the fear of getting out. I mean, that's probably one of the worst things to do. Um, but I think it it all culminates down to, you know, loving the game and wanting to improve. I think mm. if you can learn to learn to want, each time you go out to train, to learn to want to get better, um, to bounce ideas off other individuals. Um, and one thing I've learned out of cricket, you know, it's... It's two on it's two on eleven when you're a batter, um, and I think we talk about in the team, you know, partnerships um, and and having empathy for your mate at the other end, and and the better you do that, I think the better a team and, and better chance you are to succeed. That's not going to succeed all the time, but if you can stick together as a two against eleven, you know, more often than not, you'll get through those hard periods because cricket can get, um, you know, this the, the t- topsy turvy. The ebbs and flows of, of cricket, um, you know, sometimes the longer forms of cricket, is, it's just about batting where, you know, one day, 2020, there's a, there's a, there's a game situation that you, you just dictate how you play when with a longer format, it's just so simple, but it's just about batting. And sometimes you can look at things and overcomplicate things a bit where if you can bat with your mate at the other end um, and help them out when it's going, the going gets tough and vice versa, if they can help you. The game of cricket does become a little bit easier. I'm just thinking, and you, as you're talking about that, you know, you're over in uh, India now, and you're about to start a test series. It's five days, and you're in the middle. And you know, we see when we watch the heat. You know, you're about there batting for hours. You know, you always have these uh, drink breaks. How do you manage that? You know, how do you like when um, when I was playing? I'm a very good self-talker. I talk myself into a lot of things because, you know, you, that's kind of my strategy that I use. I have the best conversations with myself. <laughs> um, you know, but you know, I always wondered, you know, like when you're out, this is that, you know, I didn't realise, you you know, you're batting. Because, again, I just think you're individuals, you know, you're obviously out there together and all you're telling them, mate, you run when I tell you to run or vice <laughs> versa. <laughs> but, um, you know, as an individual out there, how, how difficult is it? I, I realise it's really difficult, and you know, just what's going through your mind out there? Well, that's the thing. It's um, cricket's about switching on, switching off. Um, not only when you're batting, but when you're in the field. Mm. Uh, oh, you know, when you're when you're 160 overs in the dirt, and you don't know when your next wicket is, and the opposition are just slaying you all over the park, and you know you're going to bat soon. Um, obviously, experience you get to learn to deal with that, but it's still really tough. Um, mm. You're away from home. Um, you know, it's ninety percent humidity, thirty-seven degrees. You know, it's not a cold day down in Dunedin or or something like that. Um, and you know, quite often you, you're just out of your comfort zone. Mm. Um, you you got a bit of dally belly or something. Um, that 
you just got to deal with that and um, and truck on. And I think that's the thing as a professional sportsman. I'm sure you've dealt with it. Sometimes the best days that I've had um, are not necessarily the days you go on and score a hundred or something like that. But you had a bit of adversity. You, I don't know, something happened at home. The kids are up, or you had a bad sleep. Um, you've been up since two in the morning, but you've got to find a way of just getting out there and, and doing your job. Um, sometimes I feel like those are the most rewarding days. Um, cricket, you might have only scrapped a 60 or 70. Um, the media and the coaching staff say, you know, or you know, might say well done, but no one really actually knows what went into, into that 60 or 70. Um, and some days it's 40. Um, those are the days, because that's the thing you play so often. Mm. Uh, can't feel you can't feel great all the time. You just got to find a way. Um, and I think, from my point of view, that are some of the most special and um, most rewarding times is when you when you're not feeling great uh, for whatever reason, form as well. But that other things that come in when you play over a long period of time that uh, you never feel the same uh, each day from even from day one of a test match. Um, you know, sometimes you're actually you're not physically tired, but you mentally you're very tired. You just got to find a way of, of getting through that, and um, as I said, experience comes with that. But um, probably getting away from the game of cricket because you know you can bat, you can be not out overnight, and you you play Jennings over in your head five to six times, and by the time you wake up, you're cooked. <laughs> um, so it's a yeah, it's a it's a mentally challenging game, um, physically challenging at times, but. Um, Definitely uh, a mental challenge, um, which is something where, for me, um, sports psychologists has be, become a very big part of the way I um, deal with different things. Uh, as I said, you know, being a father, um, being away from home, all these distractions, um, you know, that are not um, that are not great for that are not great for for cricket. Um, but you know, sometimes. The, our manager talks about it a lot. You know, a problem shared is a problem halved. And, um, you know, if you can do that in the cricket sense, that um, makes your job a lot easier. Yeah, I was just, uh, you know, one of my also talk around that too, you know, like you hear the stories of, you know, the three or four month tours cricketers go on. Um, and I, yeah, like you say, you wonder with young families, you know, three or four months. I found two or three weeks away with the same group, tough. <laughs> Especially as I got older. <laughs> um, but you know, again, you know, obviously, um, technology's helped out a bit. Uh, yet, you know, so again, how do you deal with that? You know, does New Zealand cricket help with? You know, I've heard of some of the families travelling sometimes. I know you've got a new protocol now where you can't be away from home, you know, for a certain amount of days, which I think is awesome. Um, you know, is it heading in the right direction? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think throughout my whole career, I've been lucky. We get our own room. We're all blacks. You still room together. So if you want to bring your family over, you don't have to change rooms or mm. allocate it. Um, I can, when here I am saying it's tough. I mean, it's so much easier now than, than what the guys had to deal with 20 or 30 years ago. I can I can FaceTime, I can see the kids grow up, mm. I can see videos and photos uh, almost on a daily basis. Um, but it still doesn't help. It still doesn't, it's not real in the fact that I'm not there and, and seeing it firsthand. But, um, you know, those guys 
as you said, going on three or four months tours, um, sending a postcard home, and almost the postcard, they get home before the postcard arrives. Um, <laughs> it's, yeah, we're very lucky um, in that regard and technology, and I'm sure New Zealand cricket's been really, really good in terms of trying to get family and um, especially the ones with kids. And mm. It's like any, um, the dynamics of teams change where you've got a lot of single guys, the odd father in the team, where now a lot of the younger guys are having kids and they're finding – you know, they're finding what it's, oh, is that what it's like? Um, it's it's you know, great now. They're, they're yawning where, you know, our, our kids are able to sort of occupy yeah. themselves on iPads and, and things like that. And it'd be like, see, never judge. Don't judge until it happens to you. Um, so, yeah, it's I guess it's, it's the evolution of, of team dynamics and things. But, um, no, as I said, it's definitely gone in the right uh, in the right direction to, to make things a lot um, easier and, and I 100% wouldn't be in this position that I am if um, I wasn't. I didn't have a, a great, um, you know, wife and a family network to to help out the kids. Mm. But also, I'm having um, New Zealand cricket, you know, being able to have them on tour and, and not be frowned upon. Uh, it's almost it's it's more encouraged than anything. You've been in, you're in quarantine at the moment. So how long have you been in quarantine there? And how many times have you been in quarantine in the last twelve months? Yeah, I've done it a few times now. Um, I'm really looking forward to getting home for only uh, a seven day and then a three day at home. Um, but I think it, I think you underest the quarantine's tough. But I think it's almost the bubble life when you are um, away. Uh, the World Chess Championship, the whole England trip. I went to a cafe once down the road, which was um, was outside, and then we played golf at the Belfry. It's the only time I left the hotel apart from going to um, the hotel or to the ground. Uh, how, how sustainable is that? Um, I don't think it's very sustainable, uh, you know, seeing a lot of guys pull out mm. um, for, for mental fatigue or, or bubble fatigue, whatever way you want to call it. Um, but at the same time, at, towards the end of my career, it's probably I, – I, I find it fortunate that, it, that it's come at this time of the career where – you know, some of these young guys are, are having to deal with things that I didn't need to deal with um, at the start of my career. They're trying to learn their game and, and, and learn their craft um, and dealing with bubble life. Mm. And I think, you know, international travel is pretty cool and and a lot of the positives about about playing cricket, you know, being able to travel and go to Taj Mahal and see some of the, the sites, uh, as I'm sure you um, would you know, playing in some of these awesome countries, you're not able to do that anymore. So um, that's a, a perk of the job, I suppose, is, is playing in these cool, cool cool places, going to things you're probably not going to go and see if you were to go on holiday normally. Um, but, you know, some of these young guys are probably not going to be able to experience that. And that's the tough thing too because obviously, you know, a change of scenery and you think you're going over to see someone, but also all you're doing is seeing a, another interior of a house or a room for long periods yeah. of time which is exactly what we're pretty much doing here i don't know i don't know how this would have helped um you know 10 15 years ago if we were taking it like a walkman around or <laughs> <laughs> dvds or, or things like that where at least we've got netflix and yeah um, to to sort of you know um waste a bit of time and probably you know going to some of these um countries of the subcontinent Mm. Um, you know these 
their DVDs were, um, <laughs> were very cheap and uh, and very good. So it's glad we don't have to carry that old school uh, DVD play around. That um, if I showed my kids this is what I used to do, they would probably laugh at me. <laughs> um, in terms of um, leadership, you know, we talk about obviously you've you know you've led teams and. Uh, uh, been part of some, you know, quality leaders. What do you look for first and foremost in, in leaders? You know, what are you looking for from your leader? And then secondly, you know, we'll talk about, you know, um, how do you want to be looked upon as a leader? Yeah, I think, um, I think, uh, yeah, I've been able to play in front under a, a lot of different leaders. Um, and one thing I've about leadership is everyone's different and slightly mm. different in their own way. Never come across somebody that's um, very similar or, or similar. Uh, they all skin the cat differently. Uh, for me, leadership is about actions and um, not necessarily about talking a lot. Um, you know, some people are natural speakers. It's just being authentic and um, and true to yourself, I think. Uh, but I look what I look for in a leader is someone who, who walks the talk, um, is able to be empathetic, um, but at the same time can, can deliver, a, um, a, you know, a message that is hard at times, but also um, can can give give a guy a cuddle at the end of the day. And I think some of the best leaders that I've played under, it's it's not necessarily just the leaders; it's it's the group that sits behind. Mm. Um, you know, it's it's the lieutenants, it's the guys who take the the weight off the, the coach or the captain's shoulders um, and sort of steer the team in the right direction. Um, and once again, that can be a player who's played five games to a person who's played a, a hundred tests. But you know, that's there's got to be room for that to in your environment to do that. But um, yeah, I think leadership's is about actions and a lot of it I think is about actions and um, and walking the talk and um, just being approachable as well I think if you can uh, have someone that's you know approachable I think quite often people talk about communication and things communication means totally different things to different people so um, as long as they're approachable I think the communication part will, will come with it. Um, have you found being a, a player of your standing at the moment, you know, and you've got young players coming in, that that, that approachable part, if you find it hard for some young players to approach you because of your reputation, and, and, I mean, in terms of being, you know, one of the best players in, in, in the world, and, uh, you know, they they kind of tend to feel like, oh, no, I, oh, yeah, I don't want to, you know, sometimes I don't want to look dumb or, oh, that's Ross Taylor, no, no, you know, you don't want to waste the time for my question, you know? Yeah, I think um, I think back to when I was a I was a, a youngster. You know, I feel like I'm just the same person that I was when I first started. But then, then I think back to when I was a youngster and I looked up to Stephen Fleming or Nathan Astor, and, mm. and you're intimidated to to go up and talk to them. Um, and I think then at the same time, when some of these players would talk to you, I felt like they talked to me at the wrong time. So there's a there's a balance there. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think talking to different people um, is finding a time to talk to these individuals um, and also going up to them once they come into the team, almost before 
was touch, touching base with them, saying congratulations on making the team. So the ice is already mm. almost already broken, so that they feel because oh, because we don't play domestic cricket that often, and when we do, sometimes you, you're playing a guy, you're playing with a guy you've actually never seen play before. When they play in the, your team, that's the first time you play with them. So you know if you can, um, I guess, break the ice as I said before, it just makes it a bit easier for those two way conversations. And and me, it's about batting with them in the nets and getting to know their game. Um, but as I said, I got some really good advice. I just got advice at the wrong time. So I've, I've got to learn myself. Um, you know, hopefully, um, you know, the advice I'm giving them is, hey, it's, it's the right thing to be saying to them at that stage of their career. And at the same time, is it the right time to, to be passing on this information? Because there's been a lot of advice given to me over the years. And maybe I'm a slow learner, but <laughs> it, it resonates with me a year down the track. And I'm like, oh, that's what he was meaning. Where, um, if I was in a better frame of mind or they delivered it at a different time, um, maybe I might have taken it in. Um, but that's the, that's the thing about having a long career. There is no right or wrong. Um, it's just as long as you get to that end stage at some stage, <laughs> sooner rather than later would be ideal, but that's yeah. not how the world works, unfortunately. Well, you're, and that's, a, that's another skill, isn't it? Everyone wants to uh, give you advice, even, uh, even through social media. Even the punters. <laughs> So it's just differentiating which is the good stuff and which isn't, you know. And like you say, sometimes, yeah, it's hard to pick, uh, you know, what to listen to that will help you progress forward. And you know, like you say, yeah, the radio, the radio sport uh, hunters, <laughs> they just give the five cents worth, and then the family tell you about it. Where now, the radio sport punter can keyboard warrior can come straight to you and tell you their opinion. Um, so you yeah. learn to you learn to grow a, a pretty thick skin, but. Um, some of them are pretty funny at times as well, which makes it um, a little bit easier. But that's the thing. I guess in my career, I'm sort of in the middle of um, no social media to to social media and having to deal with um, that side of it. Um, where these guys coming through now, that's all they that's all they know, and and they're teaching me how to use laptops and iPads and half the gadgets on my phone. I still don't know how to use, but. They calling me a dinosaur, so it works yeah. both ways. I guess. You and me both, brother. <laughs> I know what you mean. What's it like playing in India? Obviously, India and India is you know like playing. I think you've seen it before. Is like playing you know the All Blacks in New Zealand. Um, yeah, can you just let me like let us in on on what it's like and what you can expect from uh, not just the, obviously the team but the crowd. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, cricket's a religion over here. Um, you watch the ads on TV. All the cricketers do ads. Um, where New Zealand, not even the All Blacks do all the ads. It's um, But over here, they're fanatical. There's 1.2, 1.4 billion people. Um, you know, we were obviously COVID times. It's a little bit different. Um, but my wife was, you know, obviously a little bit nervous about coming over here. And, mm. um, and the, obviously what had happened... Uh, with Delta and in February, March, April, um, mm. so we're coming in, flying into the airport, uh, wondering how it's going to be. Um, so when I told my wife, I did about thirty selfies before I'd even got on the bus, uh, before I'd even got to pick up my bags. Um, she wasn't too well. They're that close to you to have a selfie, and they and that's the thing. Like I think you're supposed to social distance in New Zealand or anywhere. There's no social distancing going on here. Um, no selfie sticks? No, no, 
that's probably where it would have become good. But um, they, they kept telling me they're double vax. So, <laughs> so I'll, oh, yeah, I'll, sweet uh, as said, was it, was it, and I said, was it Pfizer? And they're like, no, 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 Indian stuff, even better. <laughs> so, um, no, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, that. I haven't been here for a few years, but from when I first came in 2006 um, to play an IPL, mm. uh, I've, I've been really fortunate enough to play at some pretty pretty cool teams with some pretty amazing cricketers, um, you know, idols of mine growing up and to share a changing room with them. Um, but no, India, it's until you come over here and explain it to people, um, they, you know, premiership in England is amazing and on that, but the... The, the way they react to cricketers. Um, Jaipur here, um, I played here in 2011 for Rajasthan and I drove past them all uh, on the way to our hotel and I remember that. And I was like, why do I remember that place? And then I was like, I, I was playing for Rajasthan, um, Johan Bota, South African spinner, and Rahul Dravid were at breakfast and we are like, come on, Rahul, let's go and get a coffee. There's a Costa... Uh, we'd been there before. There's a McDonald's and a Costa's. And Rahul was a bit sceptical. Thought, oh, nah. He, he knew what would happen, but us naive Westerners, um, we went to this mall and we were literally there for two minutes. No security. Um, there would have been five or 6,000 in the mall within two minutes. Not to see me or to see Johan Boto, but to see Rahul driving in the flesh. All these phones. The mall security had to get us out. Um, oh, we felt so embarrassed. Uh, he said, did he say and, thank you? And, and, oh, no, no, he's like, no problem, no problem. This, they don't see many famous people here. I was like, he knew what was, yeah, he knew what was going to happen, but he didn't have, he was too nice a guy to, oh. to tell us, tell us, um, that we were in the wrong and to say <laughs> Rahul Dravid never came for coffee again with us. <laughs> <laughs> he stayed home. Yeah. I mean, that gives you a little insight into, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, no, very fanatical. Um, I'm sure. Yeah, Odin Barrett yeah. could go and have a coffee down the road, um, and yeah, he, right. he would have to do the odd, the odd thing. But no, what Coley and what what Coley and Sindalka and what these guys have to deal with here in this country on a daily basis would be, um, yeah, would, until you see it, you, I don't think you'd believe it. No. Jeez. Yeah, well, you know, even just watching it from afar, you still can get a glimpse of how crazy it is, you know, and what the stories that we've heard. Um, and, you know, like, you know, a lot of stories obviously coming out of, you know, what you guys have to put up with or live with when you travel to India. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, does that also play, you know, you said your wife you know, gets a bit worried and, you know, th- all those other things are security-wise. You feel pretty safe when you go there? Uh, yeah, I mean, you you have security and, um, as I said, fortunate enough to bring the kids over here. So it, it is, diff- oh, okay. it is different. Um, you know, when you've got your five-year-old daughter and there's a guy outside our door with an AK-47, um, that's not something you um, – they probably think it's a toy gun. I don't know. <laughs> Um, but you know, I, I no, I don't. I don't feel like. Um, I think a lot of the thing in this part of the world is um, just keeping the fans away. Uh, mm. The 
like we got in here and there was a bit of a fanfare, but once the Indian team arrives at this hotel, um, especially at the smaller cities um, that don't see cricket a lot, there are thousands of people just waiting to get a glimpse of a Kohli or Rohit Sharma. Um, and then they'll yell out uh, Bolt or Salvi or Taylor or Williamson. <laughs> you know, it's, um, yeah, it's funny where outside our hotel and the Pullman or, or yeah. the Sofitel, <laughs> probably one or two people that just want an autograph <laughs> or something. So um, yeah. it gives you a little bit of a scale and perspective yeah. on it. A little bit different, a little bit different. Um, so, you know, you've had an illustrious career. and So we'll talk about what about what are your plans for life after career? Are you still, you know, mate, you still got a lot of years in you. Uh, <laughs> Martin Nunu's still playing rugby. At, he's near, he's yeah. 40, you know, yeah, he, so. He bit, he bit my beloved Warwick Bush the other day too. Um, I guess after... You know, if I do retire from international cricket, I feel like I still want to play cricket um, and play some domestic stuff. But the probably one of the best things the Players Association have done in, in New Zealand is have a PD program where it just gives a – just checking in with guys and, um, you know, especially I'm sure it's in rugby and, and, and a lot of these professional sports that a lot of these players sort of give up um, sort of going for the – you know, university or apprenticeships and things and put all the energy into, um, you know, being a professional sportsman. And mm. uh, what I think we've found is that, you know, the, a lot of guys who did that um, are starting to struggle once they finish playing cricket um, or, or rugby uh, for, for various reasons. Um, you know, obviously playing the, the accolades and the camaraderie that, that everyone has. Um, but then some guys have done financially better than others and, and you've got to take your hat off to the guys who actually still play, play professional sport and are able to do a degree you know it might be it might take them two or three four years longer than um, than what it would be if they weren't a professional athlete um, but you know these guys have got something to fall back on um, you know some guys get into coaching commentary um, for me my my goal when I first played cricket was to have a freehold house <laughs> that was that was my goal. Yeah. Um, I thought, well, if you can have a freehold house, um, then whatever you do after cricket, um, the, the, you're secure and where you're gonna, you've got a house, yeah. so, um, you've got a roof over your head and um, things like that. But you know, IPLs come along, and um, you know, a lot of guys have have done fantastically well financially. Um, but then there's guys who, um, you know, I, I feel like a domestic cricketer who gives, you know, gives their life to playing cricket. Um, the other ones, I think, uh, you know, I think the PD program um, especially becomes very important um, mm. to, to that transition to being a professional athlete uh, to just being a, a normal, um, you know, punter, so to speak, uh, mm. uh, is easier for some and, um, and obviously the highs and lows that come with sport and, and you know, we talk about, you joke about your teammates and, and going on the road. Um, I spend more time with these guys than I do with my family. So you get to know them pretty well. Um, so you miss that side of it. For me, um, no, I, I've tried to live it within my means, um, knowing that, that cricket's not going to be the be-all and end-all for the rest of my life. And 
try to not um, splurge too much. Um, but no, I think you know I've had some really good advice from from different people. Um, when cricket does finish, I don't think I'll be just sticking to one thing. There'll be be a lot of different um, things to to occupy yourself. And if there's anything that's happened really for the benefit um, of myself in a cricket and after cricket is COVID. I think um, staying at home, understanding what it's going to be like um, when you're not playing cricket. Yeah. Um, you know, you're doing your wife's head in. Um, you know, the two weeks that you're home in between tours um, is really. You know, it's it's great, but then I was there for you know three or four months. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't hit a ball since hitting the winning runs um, at the World Cup. Um, in um, when was it? In June, June, July. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a, that's the longest period I've gone without hitting a ball competitively. Um, and having my son do throwdowns for me at about ten kilometres an hour um, was not the ideal <laughs> ideal preparation for a test tour. But um, yeah, I think. I think that the best players are the ones who prepare for it and prepare mm. a long way out um, because, as you know, you're, you're a long time retired. You're only an injury away from, mm. uh, from having to find a, another job. Um, but if you can look at a lot of different options, um, you know, having that fulfilment, and, and for me it's doing something that I, that I love and, um, you know, whatever that, new job is, you know, that gives me the same satisfaction of, of playing cricket and, and extending myself to to be as good as I am at whatever uh, I, I choose to do do next. Yeah, look, uh, obviously, you know, we hear about um, uh, the financial, um, how would you say, well, the, the financial sides of the IPL and how it can help you and it's very good for your cricket players, which is great. Um and as you're saying too, you know, it's how you use that those uh, um, that windfall to secure yourself for you know life after. Because you know you've you've talked about it. You know we can't play our sport for the rest of our lives, and we can all fall into coaching gigs and things like that. I was a bit like you. I thought, yeah, I buy a house. I got that one of the first things I did, and yeah, that was it. <laughs> got a house. <laughs> now, now everyone thinks uh, everyone's got ten houses around this. I go, guys, yeah, oh, go did you have to get more than one? <laughs> it's like Monopoly. Yeah. Don't stop. No, no. Well, that's right. But uh, you know, in, in terms of the cricket too, like what I'm, I'm talking to other guests that they're, they're saying, you know, you've got to get out of that comfort zone in terms of, you know, you talked about the PD program and uh, similar to you guys, our PD program. Um, gives our guys the skills to communicate and talk to sponsors and, you know, try and create that network. Um, I'd say it would be the same in the cricket. And have you, you been able to use your, your network and, you know, cricket people to help you um, look for, you know, other opportunities outside of cricket? Yeah, I think, I think so. And, and these people, it's, when you become a professional sportsman or whatever it is, there's a skill set there that um, a lot of employers um, crave and the professionalism, the discipline is that a professional athlete sort of takes for granted as what they have to do. That's a skill set that's actually quite sought after. Mm. Um, where no, I mean that you get to meet some fantastic people, um, and it's not necessarily it's a, it's a network in itself. Don't get me wrong, but I think from from my point of view, it's just bouncing ideas off these people and, and picking their brains. Um, it's like when you go you're in after match and you go and talk to the best cricket player 
the best batter in the opposition team rugby, you go and have a chat, have a beer after the game um, and talk uh, talk rugby to, to get better. Mm. Um, that's different to talking to these business people who, you know, want to talk about cricket, but at the same time, I'm just as interested to talk to these guys about how successful they've been, um, what they've done. Um, and, it, and it actually helps your cricket as well uh, um, without them ever knowing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong with the networks, but these people are uh, highly successful at what they do and, mm. you know, both of the schools cross over in, in some regard and, uh, you know, some are very good friends and, um, you know, you're almost, you know, going in and, and then picking your brain and, and not being able, you know, not being offended when they critique you um, for doing something wrong um, in, a, in a business or a, or a life skill set. Um, that just makes you a better person and hopefully you don't make that mistake twice. Um, yeah, I think you're totally right. You know, you have a bit of vulnerability, you know, and you know, don't be scared to fail. I think you said that earlier in our chat, you know, because you've just got to learn from it and, and there's plenty of people that will help you through it too, you know, good good people um, that, you know, who just want to help. Um, I've got a question here. What's So what do you do for your own health and well-being? You know, and you've, you know, you've talked about being away from home a lot, um, you know, the the mental aptitude that you have to put into your, your when you're playing. You know, how, how do you look after yourself in, in both those states? Your, you know, your well-being and your health. Um, yeah, I, I I like to spend the time by myself um, in my room, and um, I love going to have coffee. So this this bubble life um, and things has been a bit more difficult than you know being able to. Get away, guys. Go and play golf. Um, in between, to just get away from it, um, the pressures of it. For me, you know, as I said, Netflix. Um, I'm a, I'm a big uh, wannabe wine buff. Um, I, I enjoy reading up on wine, and um, and I collect a lot of bottles. And I bring wine, I bring wine with me. Um, and there's a few of us over here that, um, you know, you play a test match and finish it, regardless of what the result. It's quite nice to sort of relax and um, just get away from it. Um, and, you know, as I said, regardless of where you are, regardless of where you are um, in the in the world, being able to have a, a New Zealand Pinot or Rosé or something uh, and bring some Whitaker's chocolate bar, <laughs> um, you know, that... I think that's another thing about IPL, which is quite good. It's it's actually quite cool going to different people's places as well. Um, mm. in, in this day and age, it's probably not as realistic, but being able to go to South Africa, go to England, come to India, Sri Lanka, go to different players that you play with at IPL, um, houses and homes to to see how they live um, their different cultures because it is it is totally different, but it's pretty cool at the same time to see to see how they live and um, and ex- as I guess it's a home away from home that you're able to see a family and um, sort of reminisce on you know how how you miss your family back home mm. and things. But um, no, I think it's I, I think it's a it's a positive. And as I said, this psychologist, sports psychologist, um, your teammates, your, your close mates. Um, and being able to um, just switch off and, and talk to family and friends back home. Um, as I said, regardless of whether you're doing well or not, um, there's always people, even your, 
closest family that are giving you advice um, and things. And they're only doing that because they care and uh, they want to want you to do well. Uh, but sometimes it's uh, but like but like what I said before, when when a youngster, it's when you actually hear that that information that's probably the key. Then. Thing, quite often what the actual content is. Well, you, you take supplements for your health, mate? Uh, you know, uh, Victor might be able to hook you up. <laughs> um, <laughs> to balance out your pinos. Yeah, but uh, I might have to get into the carvers as I get a bit older. Um, uh, yeah, well, hey, look, the carver king will be happy you said that. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, yeah, I just, we, we get a... Um, Supplement a multivitamin from our trainer um, mm. when we're when we're away, but uh, it hasn't been a hasn't been a massive part of my. Um, you must you must have clean lifestyle, mate. Clean lifestyle. I could play to on forty five if I was <laughs> on, the, on the supplements. Um, oh, you you, don't, you can't you don't want it too good, mate. You don't want it too uh, good, eh? You got to have. Uh, yeah, some vices. Otherwise, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it comes. Actually, um, you've just you just reminded me. I I forgot my AirPods coming over here, but I've also forgot my supplements. I left them in the car because <laughs> they our, um, our nutritionist gave it to us oh, probably yeah. a couple of months ago, and I thought oh, I'll leave it in there, and I forgot it. So. Oh uh, my goodness! Hopefully, hopefully the trainer, hopefully the trainer can bring some over. Hook okay. yeah, oh, I'm sure, mate. You know, seniority. Eh? You might just go have, a, <laughs> have one of those timely chats to the. What do you, what do you recommend for a cricketer? I don't know, mate. Yeah, all oh, the joints. Oh, the joints. Is, yeah, all those. We got. Yeah, Mitchell can help you with all that, mate. That's where I'm going wrong. <laughs> yeah. Oh look, hey, Lutu. It's been a it's been a pleasure, and look, I don't want to keep you from uh, your Netflix, and I you know um, I just want to really appreciate your time uh, for, to talk to me, and wish you all the best for your upcoming test series over there in India, and we'll be watching, and you've uh, yeah, you've made a lot of people proud, so uh, we, we thank you. Fafta, thanks for having me. It was good no, fun. My pleasure. Thanks for listening. Make sure to check out Vixual's website at www.vixual, that's V-I-K-T-U-A-L dot co dot N-Z, so you can rebalance your lifestyle with ancient wisdom and ingredients.